everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Talk Recorded live. Saints, are you prepared? We use a King James Version Bible. We ask the Father for the wisdom, the knowledge, and understanding in the name of Jesus. As we go through this study to find out, saints, are you prepared? We're going to go to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21. And we're going to pick it up in verse 18. Now in the morning, as he, Jesus, returned into the city, Jerusalem, he hungered. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon but leaves only, and said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforth forward forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. You see, Jesus was and always did do things for a purpose so that we and his disciples, and of course we are his disciples, just like the disciples that walked with him, because we follow what he shows us. And often... He was teaching in what he was doing when he did something like this. This was teaching. Now, saints, please, don't think that Jesus is saying here, if you go to a tree and it doesn't have any fruit on it, kill the tree. (laughs) That's not what Jesus is saying. That's not the point. The point is spiritual, and that is, that, guess what, if you don't do works and produce fruit, you will be kicked out of the kingdom. That's the point there. Jesus was a hungered, all right? So let's look at this spiritually. I want us to go to Matthew, uh, which, and I want us to go to chapter 25. Hold your place in 21. Now you got to understand, Jesus was hungered. He wanted something to eat. He went to the tree. It had no fruit. And he, the tree was killed. He had God kill the tree, uh, obviously, He didn't have the power. He was only human, but he did have access to God, which is what he's showing us, the power of God. But he was a hungered, and he goes to this tree, and it didn't have um, any fruit on it. Now, I've heard um, people talk about 
this particular um, verse, these particular verses, and they will tell you that during the time that this was, uh, which was around the time of Passover, that, um, that guess what? That the fig tree wouldn't have fruit on it. <laughs> it wasn't time for the fruit. Okay? So Jesus knew that. So the, since Jesus knew that the tree wasn't supposed to have fruit, even though he went and looked for the fruit, it wasn't time for it to have fruit. He um, killed it because it had no fruit on it. So Jesus isn't talking about killing trees. He's talking about not having fruit when one is hungry, providing them something to eat. Spiritually, let's go to Matthew 25. And I want us to read and understand what Jesus is going to do when he returns to earth and sets up the kingdom of God on earth. Go to verse 31. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on the right hand, Come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Now, why are they accepted into the kingdom of heaven? And then the other Christians aren't accepted and put on the side with the goats. Oh, yeah, there'll be a separation. Some Christians make it. Other Christians don't. It doesn't have anything to do with sin directly. What does it have to do with? For, and the next verse tells you, because this is why I was a hungered, and you gave me meat. And then there's a whole list he goes through of things that they did. Now, he's not talking in the flesh. He's talking spiritually. So they were fed spiritually people that were spiritually hungry. So when somebody comes to you and asks you about something that's written in the Bible something that it says, they don't understand it, like Philip did with a eunuch, in Acts, and you explain it to them. You feed their spiritual hunger, and they really want to know they're spiritually hungry. It isn't that they're playing games with you. You spiritually feed them. Now, if somebody comes to you and asks you about something that's in the Bible, you have access to the Holy Spirit. And you may not know what it's saying in actually in the Bible, but you have access to the Holy Spirit, so you ask God to provide you with the answer for them. But most of the time, if God direct someone to talk to you about something that's written in the Bible, it's because you actually do 
have the answer. They are hungered, and you're going to give them the spiritual food they need. doesn't mean that you're going to force feed them. You're not going to pour it down their throat. You're not going to make them eat it and accept it. You're just going to provide them spiritual food to eat. They ask the question. Here's the answer to the question. And that's it. Okay? And so that's what Jesus is talking about. Go back to Matthew 21. So Jesus, when he saw the fig tree in the way on the road, he came to it and found nothing thereon but leaves and said to it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforward forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. Saints to you prepared to understand that Jesus is showing us that if you don't have fruit, if you don't have fruit, you will be kicked out of the kingdom. Let's go back over there to Matthew 25. Do you have fruits? Do you do works? I'm talking about true works, not this nonsense they have in churches today. And so... Let's go back here and find out about the goats, all right? And when we find out about the goats, what we see is, what does it say? And then shall he say, let's go to verse 41, then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. So so guess what? If you're a believer and you're put on the side with the goats, then you're going to be in the same category as Satan and his angels. And they're headed to the lake of fire after the white throne judgment. This isn't the white throne judgment. This is the um, judgment seat of Christ, which is the first part before the millennium, the separation. And so, what does he say? Why will you end up on the same side as the devil as a believer? 42, for because I was a hungered and you gave me no meat. And it goes on and there's a lot, there's a lot of things that you know, we're supposed to do as believers, uh, depending on our uh, gifts given to us by God. And so, why will believers end up in the lake of fire or on the side with the devil? Is, be- is it because of sin directly? No. It's because they have no works. They're not doing anything for the kingdom of heaven. That's why they end up on the side with the devil. Now, I want to speak on, saints that you prepared, I want to speak on sin. Now, we as believers in Jesus Christ, you understand that we have access to the blood of Jesus. If we sin and we Stop sinning, that's the word repent, that's what it means, it means to stop doing.
doing what you're doing, okay? It just doesn't mean say you're sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh-uh. No, it's, it has to do with if you sin, then you are to stop sinning. And guess what happens once you're a believer? Now, this is after you've become a believer, after you've been indwelled by the Holy Spirit, after the blood of Jesus has covered all your past sins, once you become a believer. This is the onward process, the process as we live in our lives in this world. So after that, what happens is that once you repent, then and stop sinning, stop the sin. Don't continue to sin. And guess what happens? Your sin is covered under the blood, so you're all set. But if you sin again, guess what? Your sin is not covered under the blood until you repent, meaning stop doing the sin. That's why the Bible tells us to, um, if we find a brother in a fault, we're supposed to tell them about it. If they don't listen to us, then we're supposed to go through the process, tell someone else, the priest, the church, ultimately, either they're going to listen to you or they're not going to listen to you. And ultimately, they're either going to stop sinning or they're not going to stop sinning. So what happens when a believer is in sin and you as a fellow believer see them in sin and you've gone to them and you've um, told them about the sin and saying, hey, that's not... We're believers in Jesus Christ. We're supposed to give glory to God. We're not supposed to be acting that way or doing that or whatever it is. And they don't care. They don't care. They will continue to do the sin because, guess what? They think that, oh, I'm all set, once saved, always saved, and all my sins are covered under the blood. And and God knows that I've got things to work out. It'll all work out. I'm under grace. Bunch of nonsense. Okay, so what happens when they follow that false doctrine? What happens is that they continue to sin. And when you continue to sin, guess what happens? What happens is that the Holy Spirit will not dwell with you if you are continuing to sin. Sorry, God ain't going to dwell with a person that's continuing to sin. The Holy Spirit leaves you. And once the Holy Spirit leaves you, what happens then? Then you have no way of doing any of the works that you need to do as a believer in Jesus Christ. What Jesus is talking about in Matthew 25, all those things. So if you don't have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit because you're in the process of sinning, meaning you're a sinner, and you haven't stopped sinning, and you haven't had that sin covered under the blood of Jesus Christ by turning away from that sin and stop doing it, then when somebody happens to come upon you and talk to you about the Bible because they're hungry about what it says, you can't answer them because there's no Holy Spirit in you. And don't even think that you could help them out without the Holy Spirit dwelling with you. So because of the sin that's a part of your soul, the Holy Spirit will not dwell with you. So you can't do the works. 
So it isn't because you've sinned that you're going to be placed into the lake of fire and put on the side with the devil. It's because you can't do works because of the sin. And so not doing the works of the kingdom puts you on the side with the devil because ultimately what's going to happen is that you're going to be um, taken into, uh, you know, full-blown sinning and once the Holy Spirit goes, then who you were before, you're going to be worse now, as Peter says. Once you become a believer and you know about Jesus and you're a part of that kingdom and then you turn away from it and go back into the world, the latter part of you, who you become, is way worse than who you were when you became a believer's believer in Jesus Christ. So saying to you, prepared, are you prepared? Are you doing works? And if you're not doing works, is there sin so the Holy Spirit has left you and is no longer dwelling with you? If so, then you need to repent, meaning stop your sinning, stop doing what you're doing which is wrong, and go and turn away and turn back to God. Then you can start doing works. Saints, are you prepared? Jesus said to the tree, no more fruit will ever be on you again. That means, no, that's it. You're done for. Sorry, not going to happen. You don't want that to happen to you, do you? And that's what would happen when you get on the side with the goats. You're not able to help people during the thousand years of teaching. And that completes the study. Thanks. Are you prepared? You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.